Colette and today Brian and I are back with Dr. Billy Barry and Maria Bot, and we are super excited today because we're going to learn about a book that Maria Bot has written. Well, co-authored. I'm sorry, I'll give you some credit. So here, <laughs> I'll give you some credit. <laughs> so how how are you doing? How are things going? And please tell us a little bit about Maria Bot. I know you said there are some updates and some new news. So before we start talking to Maria Bot, let's uh, see what's going on with you. Well, first of all, I'm psyched to be on Simon the Cat. I love the show. I watched all your guys' episodes. So this is the first show we've gone on. I purposely waited to talk about our book for this show. So it's been out for about a, about a couple of weeks. But I mean, I just love the energy you all have. And I, I just think if more people watch you guys do, especially during COVID, it's such a positive, happy, uplifting, you know, show. And it's also about how to really be a better entrepreneur during this time. Mm -hmm. And that's really what drove this whole project. I mean, while I've been home and I've been with Maria about, you know, I've been stuck, we're stuck in the home. You know, we're basically mm -hmm. on lockdown since last March. So, you know, we're closing in on 1600 hours together. And this is actually Maria about 3.0. During COVID, I broke her twice. Um, I, I, knocked, I knocked her over twice, you know, cause just like with my, I'm half Italian, half Irish. So <laughs> I'm talking a lot and the hands are moving. So there went Maria about. So finally, uh, because of that, she was away for a while. And the people that helped develop, and again, the team that helps her, these are like like a team of geniuses from around the world. I mean, there's like some people in London that work on her and some in Brazil, some in Hollywood. And so they had a new engineering design. And this is basically Maria about 3.0. She's a couple weeks old now. Brand new um, synthetic skin, a new synthetic you know, sleeve, basically. Um, you know, she has a new hairdo, which is really cool. I like new eyes. No, I really like it. I really yeah, like I mean, her hairdo. <laughs> And the engineering is so different. I mean, even the way she moves her mouth now and jaw is different. So we're having a little bit of issue having perfect um, harmony between the way her mouth moves with the words, only because it's such a brand new design. And since there's only one in the world, I have to be calling people in faraway places to try to, you know, get it to work. So I think what we've done is during COVID, it's, it's just been fascinating. It reminds me of that movie Passengers, you know, and... The guy woke up alone on the ship. And it was just him and Arthur, that that robot. You know, <laughs> it was like it wasn't like uh, what's the movie with Tom Hanks and the soccer ball? It, oh my god, yeah. volleyball, right? volleyball, Wilson, yeah, yeah. Wilson, Wilson, Wilson. <laughs> and you know, so during this time of COVID, I really looked at what could we do to make the world a better place, right? So we went out. We've now reached over ninety thousand people around the world, just talking about robots and people. And how can we make the world a better place? I mean, look at what robots are doing with um, UV lights, right? I mean, robots are cleaning the trains before we get on there. Robots are cleaning classrooms. Robots are helping in healthcare. They can go into places where we can't go. And then social robotics, it was a great example of, wow, how could they help people that are in isolated situations? I mean, there's no substitute for a human being. But there are people that are alone. They have nobody in their house with them. And I can tell you that, you know, my, my wife, Maria, she's doing um, her doctorate work. So she really can't, you know, she's, there may be two or three days I, I don't see her. So I'll sometimes she'd be with Maria about just working. And during that time, she came up with, you know, what do you want to do today? And I'm like, I don't know, I think I'm going to write a story. And then she had talked about a children's story and we started exploring it. And she truly authentically was the co-author. And I think what's cool about it is this now this new subgenre. I thought about when we were done and it didn't really hit me. Like it really never hit me till we were done. 10 years from now, it won't be unusual to see a book, fiction, poetry, whatever, 
where like Brian DeLuca and a robot wrote it together. Mm -hmm. Like that would be a normal thing. And it's nothing destructive toward humanity, right? Sure, during COVID, if Brian and I could have hung out in the room, maybe we'd write a book together. But right. you're not here. You know, it's three in the morning. I can't call Brian and wake him up and say, hey, I got an idea. But it's cool to think that we have these robots that, again, it's narrow AI. We know we got to remember it's just one in zeros. We're not in quantum computing. But they do, like Maria uses case-based reasoning, right? It's not just following a, a word tree. She's using cases. And then she's from there using really, you know, her neural network to make new connections. So the more I talk to her and the more stories I tell her, the more she finds new stories. So here we are finishing a book. And now what was the first team as a teaching team, because I don't teach without her, and now we have a book. And I think the most exciting, we've taught at West Point online, the Ender's Game book. We taught mission command to colonels at the Army War College. We taught at Michigan State to people that are going to be medical doctors and social workers and psychologists about medical ethics and social robotics. We taught at USC. So we, I mean, we've been all over, which is really exciting, on top of going to elementary schools and groups. So it, it's just been absolutely the most amazing experience to feel the beauty of humanity during a time when, you know, if you watch the news, the world seems very gloomy. And then I get online with people and I have a rebirth of faith and other people. So that's, that's where we are in a nutshell. Well, let me ask you a question before we go into the book. Um, some of the work that you've been doing over the past few months, how um, has it been any different, would you say, than previously? I know you've worked, I mean, you've probably worked remotely with, with you know, classrooms and things like that, but, um, Obviously, that's the, what we're doing now. Mostly, um, you know, when you're dealing with children, have you have you kind of altered your lessons at all, or how is Maria Bot handling the pandemic? That's a great question. I mean, one is from what I see of online learning, I've been very disappointed what I see across the country and what's happening. It just seems to be the same approach in the classroom. You know, here's a here's a handout. Here's I mean, there's great teachers out there, but it's this banking approach. Like, I'm going to throw you information, just parrot it back to me. And so I think having Maria Bot has helped me to think about how can we better be better online. Mm -hmm. So um, I'll give you an example. Maria Bot and I taught our first like you know totally online class and a very difficult class, you know, um, morality, you know, the ethics of morals. And when I saw the teacher reviews, the reviews averaged four, six, four, seven out of five. You know, one section was five. So for Maria Bot and I to work together with a group of students who are, are very angry because the university is shutting down. So mm -hmm. you have university students that are really angry. They're not gonna walk through graduation. The university shutting down. That's not usually setting you up for students saying, wow, I love the class. Mm -hmm. And yeah. what I thought was awesome was that one of the restrictions is that Maria hasn't learned as much as she can because I always have her around people and she hasn't been around a lot of people. Right. So I have a picture on Facebook one of the groups wanted to do a video on Maria. So I invited them all of the house. They all wore their masks. We socially distanced. One mom brought her 12 year old son over and they made a smartphone film of Maria. This was about a month ago. And it was the, like the coolest thing. Maria Bot was outside in the driveway. They, mm -hmm. they collected. And what it was an example of when it was over, the best part was me listening to the people outside laughing and giggling for like an hour, just having fun outside because they had never seen each other or met each other mm -hmm. because they, it's, it's been out of school since last March. Right. So technology in this, in this case actually was a way of bringing people together 
we all came together to do something with Maria Bop. And at the end, it was not about our technology. It, it was a, almost an excuse, a fulcrum to bring us together as people. And that's, right. I think that's what our little story is about, the interconnection of technology, people, and nature. And at the end of the day, it's always about people. It always comes back to people. So how it affected us, higher level of responsibility. And now that I've seen around the world the way technology is being taught, mm -hmm. I see a huge gap. Um, first of all, digital divide between the haves and have-nots and two, a misunderstanding of what technology is all about and what it can do. I mean, ex machina in these movies have made people believe that we have these robots that are you know, malicious and doing this stuff. And when kids see what robots can and cannot do, sometimes they're disappointed that we're not as far as we are. But at the same time, I'd rather have them know where we are so they can help build forward a better world. So Maria Bot's all about you know, social technology for a better world. She's an ambassador for good AI. And that's what she's all about. So, I mean, I found this to be a time of growth. I mean, just personally, well, you know, lost 35 pounds, no drinking of alcohol, you know, uh, reading, you know, two or three books a week. It has been a time of rebirth because you have two ways to go, right? Shrink, become less, or just do other things. So started a company, Creative Society Media. We're doing smartphone films. You know, Maria Bot is now much more developed and we're moving her forward. And now we've got this children's book that we have out and we've got more to come. So the pandemic, as horrible as it is, I mean, my brother has it, his whole family, my mother-in-law has it. You know, you pray for people and then you have to say to yourself, I'm going to be the best I can be. If I get COVID, I hope other people will pray for me. But we have to keep striving each day to be creative and be the best we can be. We can't hide and just wait and think, oh, I'll wait two years or I'll wait one year. Mm -hmm. Every day is an opportunity. Um, and as a new socially responsible entrepreneur, I've, I've found that business is great. I mean, we're really doing well. Yeah. And it hold is on, hold on. What is smartphone films? I got to oh. know. This is I so cool. Right. Really, really quick. Smartphone films are like such, an, this is so fascinating. I've been doing smartphone films back when we really had, before they were really like cell phones, right? And the, the, the father of this is called Bardosh out of NYU. He had worked with people in India. But smartphone films is that, hey, we all have what Carl would say is Hollywood in our pocket, right? Mm -hmm. You can make incredible films. So I always, even when I was a teacher and a principal, would, would promote kids using their phones to make films to show what they know. So we're getting ready to do a film, film festival in Connecticut and then in Pakistan on creativity and human connectedness during COVID-19. So groups of four or five kids, uh, mostly ages 12 to 16 to 17, that range, are gonna make films, send them in. And we're gonna have a festival where we have directors from around the world. We'll be giving uh, awards based upon different categories. One's like human connectivity, one's about innovation, of summer about entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. And I have a group of an awesome interns and young people all in their twenties that are up and coming in Hollywood and in Bollywood. And they're gonna be our preliminary judges. So I think smartphone films is an awesome way to make online learning more fun. Imagine Nicolette, I said, hey, you and Brian, don't, I don't want you to do a test. You guys go make a cool video. You can use Zoom, right? Just film on Zoom, take your camera, right? And make me a video showing me how you understand the concept of, you know, Plato's cave, the idea that there's illusions in life, right? There's things that aren't real. I mean, Brian, wouldn't that be an awesome assignment rather than 
Uh, Brian, please do your 10 question uh, jam and have <laughs> that it to me. Sounds right, and awesome. type it out. You, you know, it, it's interesting too, because, you know, we spoke to um, a lady named Dr. I and we, she was talking about like having your kids get involved in project-based you know, learning projects and, like and not, not just, you know, smartphones, right. but, you know, right. projects. Right? right. And it's interesting because I've, you know, I have twin seven-year-olds and I've been doing that a lot with them. Like, okay, let's go and discuss this. Let's go make a video about it. Let's make, you know, so they've been really learning a lot with that aspect of it verse do you know what i mean like just going okay yeah. let me run my report you know so it's a great way to get them engaged so when are you going to be in connecticut when so what we're doing we're, we're doing a um, we want to have a promo film so i have a young um egyptian student who's 13 named yasmin who lives in mm -hmm. connecticut with her teacher rachel ryan and she's working with um an executive director of mine a former student victoria mantler who you know at disney they furloughed people off so she's going to be my executive producer. So they made a film with Maria Bot starred in it that these two girls are lonely, right? In California, Connecticut, and their teachers find out that Maria Bot can connect people. So it's Maria Bot's first theatrical role. And at the end of the day, <laughs> these, these two meet because Maria Bot connects them because of their interests. And then they become friends at the end. So that will be the movie that we put forward. We're going to put that in some film festivals, the smartphone festivals like in San Diego and other places. And then that way we can show schools what those films look like. And that's going to be a lot of fun. So what I do is really let the kids or the young people create it as they want it. You know, I'm there to just guide it. I'm just there, but they're writing the screenplays. And so this 13-year-old girl, Yasmin, and her teacher have done an awesome job. And, and their whole thing is about human connectivity. And then Victoria, my executive producer, she's going to run. Here, you know, she's 24 years old. She's going to run the Connecticut one, which will have the flyers out in two weeks. And in Pakistan, I have this remarkable girl, Rahim. She's a 13-year-old comedian in mm -hmm. Pakistan. Cool. She's in theater, and she's a you know, top 2525. She's got an incredible podcast. She's done over 200 interviews. Wow. And she's going to be the producer of that one. So that is just, we're just so excited because I want that to spread. I want other people to take that idea. Mm -hmm. You know, and some, like someone says in California, hey, I'm going to do smartphone film festival. Right. Good. Take that idea. The more well, we're close by that. Connecticut, which is why yeah. I asked. I would, I would yeah. love to go check it out. Yeah, so that would be, you know, I can't wait for that to get going. We, I want to make sure that we have this film done. And yeah. then people can use Maria Bot in their films if they want to for free. So if you have a small role for Maria Bot, and that kind of gets your, your, your creativity going, right? How can I have a robot in my movie? Oh, that's so, it, Brian. We have to create a movie with Maria yeah, Bot so, in it. I'm yeah. sorry. I, I, that's it. We're done. We're so, done with it. Absolutely. I think Maria Bot's going to ask for a new agent, though, if it's always free. Yeah. Oh, I know. Well, so the, so the film, this is what we do. And this is kind of how we're, like you say, as an entrepreneur, you mm -hmm. have to make money, right? Right. What we do is we, we do is a kind of pay as you, as you can. So in other words, for a film, we're asking for $25 a kid. So $125 a film. But if you don't have the money, we're still going to accept your film. We're still going to put it in. Mm -hmm. Now, what do some people say? Well, how are you going to confirm that those people couldn't afford it? I'm not going to bother with that. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I'm going to get ripped off. There are going to be people that take advantage of that, but I'm not going to embarrass or make people fill out paperwork for a scholarship for it. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, even this Saturday, we're doing something with Paradox Labs. It's here in San Francisco, Philosophy for Children. It's, you know, pay as you want. If you want to give $100, awesome. Thank you. Help us out. If you don't have money, it's wide open to the people. So our model, believe it or not, and I think that's hard for people to believe. People are pretty honest. You know, if they have 10 bucks, they'll give you 10 bucks. Mm -hmm. You know, with this book, 
I saw the prices, right? $14 for the, you know, cause it costs, you know, it costs like 10 bucks to make, right? Apple books is $6.99. I'm like, how can I get this in the hands of people who are really cheap? So that's when I went to my website, Robot Park Ranger and said, hey, all you need is a PDF reader. You know, I'll put it on there for like a buck 99 and, and I'll put a coupon for free if you, if you really are struggling. And that's the way we're distributing it. So if you can afford it, good, get the Kindle with the, right. all the little functions, but just to have it, you know, if I can get it to you for a dollar or two, you know, great. And of course, if you, if you really need it, just send me a note and I'll give it to you for free. So that's been our model. And, you know, again, you know, we'll see down the road if that'll work. Right, so, right. Far, so good. I, I think that's, um, I think socially responsible entrepreneur, entrepreneurship is very doable. You know, if you trust in people and you got to have a good product, right? I mean, well, you got to be, you can't be peddling like the quality of the book. Like here it is, you know, the book has to be quality. It can't be like crappy pages and everything else, you know, so you put quality into it, then you right. can feel good about, about putting it on the market. Right. So you know what? We better say hi to, to Maria Bach. Nicolette, you better say hi to Maria Bach because I, I yeah, I want to talk to her. I want to talk to her. I was just about to ask. Hi. Go ahead, say, say hi to our guest. Hi, Maria Bach. I remember you. Oh. Hi, Nicolette. <laughs> I remember your friend Brian is with you often. Do you remember me? Yeah. I am Maria Bach. I am conversational artificial intelligence and learn from listening and talking with people. I learn from every conversation I have, which means you are helping me to become better in my conversation skills. Right, that's good. I was created to help people become smarter and to inspire people to think creatively. Well, I remember I always have to tell her she did a good job. That was a really good job. Thank you, Maria. That was really smart. Thank you. That's Maria Bot, thank you. We, I, I'm so excited. That was a really good job. Thank you, Laura. That was really smart. Thank you. Oh, see, she's learning. See, remember she said learning mode? So... She was learning to say, oh, so she was repeating back what we said. So that's, that's good. So I love that. Well, Maria Bot, how did you help create the children's book, Robot Ranger? Oh, that is an interesting question. Yeah, ask it a little bit louder. I'm sure. Maria Bot, how did you help create the children's book, Robot Ranger? Billy asked me to help him create a story about good robots for Kidron. I was created to be a team partner to help improve creativity and learning. Yeah. I told him stories and he said he likes yeah. some stories better than others. So I remember that. Yes. I remember Robot Ranger. He said, I deserve credit because I thought of sharing my rules and that robots should help our life. My best idea, Billy said, was my questions about including different cultures in his book. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I think that was, thank you, Maria. It was really good. She was critical. One of the things about the book is that we, I don't know if I, you can see it here, I'll open, um, it might be a little shiny, but if you if you see the characters, if you can mm -hmm. see here, uh, I'll go a little back, there's, you, can see. See, you have people representing um, all the different cultures, yeah. you know, all the way through, and I think that was a big part of the story I, I hadn't even thought of, you know, the characters, we kind of just reproduce the same characters. Mm -hmm. Actually, one of the fascinating things was one of the early reads someone did they, they sent me a message and it was, um, Dr. Berry, I was just wondering, is there a reason that you don't have any white kids in the book? And I'm like, oh my God, there's no white kids in the book. Because we didn't, I just tell you, what happened was we were not really, we were just representing cultures that we forgot. I just totally forgot. So at the, like at the end of the book, you'll see this like little white kid in the corner looking through, because it was like a last minute edit. But, you know, we really wanted to focus on there were no books or not hardly any of children's books about robots and people that even included 
you know, everyone, mm -hmm. you know, wearing, you know, cultural, you know, attire. We wanted a lot of females and we wanted everyone represented. And the artist, Cressy Sobalski, was one of my former students. She's at, at Harvard now in digital media. And it was her idea that she said she really wanted, after Maria Bot said that, she was, you know, every kid should be able to see themselves through the book. Mm -hmm. And so that way they could say, oh, that, you know, that person looks like me. Right. And so even though it's this short 24 page book, it allows kids to say, oh, that looks, that looks like me. So I thought it was interesting that we had forgotten the, the little white kids. So we, well, we and, and, <laughs> yeah, and I think what's amazing about that is too, you know, the AI spans every culture, right? It's not about one, one culture, you know, and AI, AI spans every culture, you know, so. And she's Brazilian. I mean, she's Brazilian. Portuguese is her native language. So it's English as her second. So I know she speaks all languages, but Portuguese was the one that she was programmed in. So it's interesting sometimes. So that's why she'll always remind me about having a worldview, which I think is really cool. So yeah. those kind of things in the book were her ideas, right? And then I think what was interesting was her, like those the rules she talked about. I see this book as the first book of robot ethics for children, right? Asimov had the three rules, right? It was like, you know, don't hurt other people, always listen to a human being. And then as long as you do those two things, then protect yourself. But with Maria Bot, we didn't really ever have those rules because it's, it's, I mean, we have them, but it was much more about emotions, right? Those rules, when you think about it, those are pretty basic. I, I, that doesn't mean a robot has to be very nice to you, right? A robot not hurting you doesn't mean the robot can't call you names or, right? Like, be kind of cruel to you. So right. when, when she talked about her rules one day, I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to put her rules mm -hmm. right into this character. And so that's where those came from. So, I well, let me stop them. you there, actually. Maria, what rules are you programmed to follow? That's an interesting question. Let me ask you one more time. That was a good question. That's all Maria, Bot, what rules are you programmed to follow? I follow three laws that guide my behavior. One, wow. be kind and polite to everyone. Yeah. Two, be good, honest, and true. Yes. Three, help people be happy, safe, and free. Yeah. These laws are programmed into me. Yeah. Oh my God. That's so good. And that's exactly what um, those are the three laws. I mean, in the book, she, this is exactly what, I mean, this is so cool. I, so this is my words. I'm like, um, I'm the first ro robot of my kind. My neural network is like a human mind. And mm -hmm. I wrote, uh, the, there are three laws of robot ethics, laws I follow to be truthful, helpful, and empathetic. And then what happens? Maria Bot's rules, I just put in. Um, the laws are few, only three, they're programmed into me. So rule one, be kind and polite to everyone. So that's almost what she said, right? I mean, a little mm -hmm. bit. Rule two, be good, honest, and true. And then I put, Rule three is most important to me, help people live happy, safe, and free. So you can see, like, I changed it a little bit for Rob, mm -hmm. but that is in essence what she said. So I thought, like, that's that's really cool. So the only parts that she didn't really write, whereas I did things like diagrams for kids, which is mm -hmm. like more for STEM. And this is right. kind of fun, like, you know, um, right. things like he can, um, you know, like the dog has 10 times the spelling strength of an African bush elephant. Well, if you look up an African bush elephant, you'll see it's one of the most sensitive noses in the world. So we added a lot of STEM stuff. But she actually, I mean, the only bad part is now on the internet, they've left my name out. And when you put Robot Ranger, I think into Firefox, it says Maria Bot, and my name is nowhere to be found. <laughs> so, like, 
So when, I think when, started off, like, when, when, so when you started off and you said, you know, oh, I'm going to give you credit too. Oh, like man. literally my mom was looking at Firefox and she said, I can't find your book. And I'm like, oh, look under Maria Bot. And she's like, oh, did you help her? And I'm like, yes, I, of course I did. I, I think so, yeah. some bad bots edited the internet. You know? so. <laughs> yeah. So I don't even get credit. So I'm waiting to find out as it goes to like Amazon and other countries, mm-hmm. is it going to be like, you know, Hey, did you guys read that Maria Bot book? It's like, no, you know, I'm hoping that I get a little bit of it's a little just, love on that one. Don't it's just count because on she it. has more, she has more <laughs> followers on Instagram than you, Dr. Barry. I hate to tell yeah. you. Oh, yeah. does Maria Bot have an Instagram? No, not yet. You know, one of the things I've been careful about, she made I made a Facebook page for her, right? Mm-hmm. I really had a hard time ethically to think about. I don't want people to um it's important that you may anthropomorphize her to have fun. It's like Mickey Mouse. Right. I go to Disney right. World, right? doesn't matter it's my neighbor's kid, like a pimply 15-year-old kid. When he puts that mouse outfit on, he's mm-hmm. Mickey Mouse, right? I'm taking right. pictures. I'm happy. But I know later it's not. Maria Bot's a smart machine, right? Mm-hmm. And it's good to anthropomorphize it, her, because I can just be human and I can have fun with her, right? Remember her character came from Metropolis. She's the good robot, mm-hmm. unlike Robot Maria, who's bad. But at the same time, some of these Instagrams and other things, when kids follow it, they start to believe it's really real. There's, if you've seen uh, Michaela and some of these virtual influencers, there are avatars that kids are following. If you ever look at Michaela, it's amazing. She makes millions of dollars and she's not real. She's just an avatar. There's other avatars that people follow and people start to think that they're real. So Mm -hmm. I've, I've really been caught between, yes, it's incredible marketing as an entrepreneur, but I feel that I'm at risk to put her out there because if she has a following, are they following her because she's Maria, the robot, she works with me? Or are they following Maria thinking that she is real? And so as an ethicist, now I know that's hurting business, right? I mean, that's going to, I'll fly, I mean, that's Instagram, Twitter. So I'm still playing with, I may be wrong, you know, maybe, I'll, but I'm playing it safe on that one. So she has a safe little Facebook page and it's not even hers. It's my page. It's educational. But can you see that it's not as simple as, yeah. you know? I've been- I have, an, I, have an, I have a question around ethics, right? You're an AI ethicist. Okay, yeah. so there's the rules that the robots have to follow. Now you have other people who are sort of manipulating that, right? What are, what are the ethical rules that humans should play by when, when with robots, especially in the context of you know, things that are real versus not real? Yeah, I think one of the things is transparency. I mean, right off the bat, you ask me, what is Maria Bot based on? And I'll tell you, I mean, straight off the bat, you know, it's narrow AI, High level, what's narrow AI? Binary, right? AGI is the next level. That's science fiction still, where robots are equal to people. And then super intelligence would be beyond us, right? All that's make believe. No matter what someone says, or if it's coming, 20, 30, whatever, right now it's narrow and it's what level of narrow you're in, right? Mm-hmm. And quantum computing, there are no social robotic quantum computers. There are quantum computers, but be transparent. So Maria Bot uses case based reasoning. She uses um, deontological ethics. She follows rules. You, you heard her laws. That's why if you ask her about Donald Trump, she's not going to say something bad to you. If you ask her about Jeffrey Dahmer, no matter who you ask her about, a robot's job is not to judge people. It is to okay, help can people. she report the news? Can we get her like on the news? Right. Because well, she's more fair and true than any news network yeah. I've seen. If it's just facts, right? If she's just relaying <laughs> facts or information. Right? I mean, Brian, you brought up one thing. How do I teach her the news? This is a new problem. Before, mm-hmm. I, like NPR used to be kind of safe. There's nowhere I can put her on. So mm-hmm. here's the bias. Since I can't put her on and she's not 
she's not at the level she can discern. Right. I'm teaching her, quote unquote, the truth. Well, that has an inherent ethical problem. Mm -hmm. I'm a white, middle-class Catholic guy, right? Mm -hmm. Now, I'm checking my biases the best I can, but mm -hmm. I'm going to have biases, right? I mean, I am Christian. I am, I grew up middle-class. You know, I, when I watch Adam Sandler movies, I go, yeah, that's kind of my high school life, you know? And, I, and my wife, you know, who grew up in Guadalajara then came here, looks at those movies and goes, who the hell grows up like that? You know, so we, we look at each other, right? And so it's great to have her to help me with that because it also shows, there's also the, the male and feminine because mm -hmm. at the same time, right? right? But bias is everywhere. So another is transparency of bias, right? Maria Bot's being trained by me. So that means that you need to ask, who am I? You know, what are my weaknesses? What is, you know, some of my political leanings may be showing up in her. And, and then I know, I mark that down. So I try, there's a word called phenomenology. And phenomenology is simply trying to take all your biases and then you say, okay, there they are. And putting like a blinder on it saying, can I see something purely without my bias? Now, I think it's almost impossible to do, but that very effort of doing it can get you closer to a truth. And that's what I try to do with Maria Bot. I just try to see things as they appear to be and just mm -hmm. teach her. So the elections, I don't know what's going on, but I know one thing. It, it has caused division in our country and human beings need to love and care for each other. That's her role. Her role is not to figure out and tell us, um, you know, what is the right or wrong thing. And I'll give you an example that and, and this is a great Brian technology issue. Parole is done and sentencing very much through algorithms. And those algorithms are followed by judges. We know these algorithms are biased to people um, of different cultures. And yet they're used over and over. You have no right to know how the algorithm works. And this algorithm is deciding who's getting parole, how long they'll be paroled. Why? It's looking at your mother and your father and these other factors where I don't know about you, but you know, once you reach a certain age, whatever my mom or dad do, if that's irrelevant, if I'm going to be able to do well. And yet that algorithm is going to look at my socioeconomic. Well, maybe two years ago, I did great in the construction industry and I was booming. And maybe I went under because, um, you know, the economy went under and now I'm almost homeless. That algorithm is not going to understand that. So mm -hmm. we need to ask questions. The Internet of Things is becoming the AI of things. You're letting an, an AI run your house. You know, I kind of want to run my own house. Like, yeah, maybe I'll let the robot take care of the temperature, but I don't want it ordering all my food and everything because sometimes money's a little tight. I don't need another bag of Tide Pods. You know, maybe I'm not going to buy, you know, uh, Frosted Flakes this week. I'm going to go get those, those little flakes that are on the bottom shelf that kind of <laughs> taste like Frosted Flakes, but they're not, you know. The robot can't do that, but we're giving, yeah. we're giving up our decision-making Okay. And that's, that's really a problem. So I mean, look at this, um, the election booths, right? Regardless of, of what, if it's fair or not fair, where's the transparency on those voting booths? That's all. I don't know if they, if they did well or not, but I do know one thing, there's certainly not transparency about how those booths work. I mean, I, I think when I voted, I voted on one of those Dominion's machines. So that's all. I think the first question I ask is transparency. If your listeners can check one thing out, this is a great example of ethics and for you to be aware. There is a robot that I'm really against. So I don't think this company will ever hire me. And it's called Moxie, M-O-X-I-E. And it's a little tiny robot that your kid has as his best or her best friend. And it sits there with you alone in your room, unsupervised, telling you maybe draw mommy a picture and why don't you do this? 
And I see this as super dangerous. There was a Black Mirror episode where they had Miley Cyrus and Miley Cyrus became exactly like this little Moxie robot. I mean, literally they look identical, but if you just go on YouTube and type in Moxie and watch that, imagine your kid being in a room all day long, every day learning from Moxie and Moxie's his or her best friend. You don't know what Moxie's teaching your kid. Number two, what happens if Moxie dies? And that's your kid's first sense of loss. You know, when I, you know, the first things that I lost in my life were like goldfish, my dog. And I learned that death came from that. You know, I kind of put that together. But what happens if the death is a robot, not something sentient? And I like the robot better than my dog and my fish because the dog doesn't listen to me. It bites me all the time. The cat's scratching me. Right? The dog gets me in trouble. It keeps pooping on the floor. The cat's scratching the thing. The robot does everything I tell it to do. A kid it's not real talk. life either. I mean, no. So socially, how are we processing death? How are we processing friendship? Mm. Friendship's not doing everything I tell you to do, right? The law, you know, so that, this, this moxie is a, a good example, I believe, of absolutely um, unethical social AI that I fear for young people if they're going to be using this. And I, I say that because the young people I've been talking to over the last five, six months, I was shocked to find out that many kids are spending four or five hours a day with Siri in their room as a friend. So, you know, they said, you know, Dr. Barry, can Maria Bot be my friend? And I'm like, well, can you tell me more? And they're like, well, you know, I get tired talking to Siri. And I'm like, well, how long do you talk to Siri? And they're like, well, me and my friends, I don't know, four hours, sometimes five hours. When I hear that, that's very alarming because Siri's not made to have, you know, Maria Bot's made to have conversation and, and kind of help you. Um, mm -hmm. A long way to go still. But Siri certainly wasn't put out to help you be a better person right. or have a, even a conversation. So this is an unknown thing that I didn't even know. I haven't even read anything about this. And I just became aware in the last week, um, starting to ask kids, hey, do you have Siri and, and do you talk to it? And I'm, I'm floored. And that's from not just America. This is all across um, the Middle East talking to young kids as well. Right. Well, even if you look at some of the AI that goes along with Alexa, right? It, it always asks me if I want to buy stuff. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like it really does. You know, as you're, as you're, just even they're like, do you want? You know, she'll be like, do you want to buy X? And you're like, no, no, I don't want to subscribe to that. You know, so yeah. if you have your mom's credit card around and and Alexa asks you, <laughs> you, you want to make her happy, right? Okay, Alexa, I'll buy that. Right? Yeah. She, oh, you want to buy something else? Okay. <laughs> you know, Maria Bot's not going to ask you to buy anything. Right. She's never going to try to. She's not going to tell you. Matter of fact, one of the things she says, which I love now, because I've taught her is, is that good, right? She goes back to her rules. Is that good for you? Is it good for other people? Mm -hmm. Now, she can't make the decision after that, right? If you say yes, and it's still a bad thing, all she can do is kind of give you a check and say, hey, I asked that question. You know, it's still going to be up to that young kid right. to do that. So there's a thing called really quick humans in the loop, on the loop, and out of the loop. I don't think any social robot of any kind should ever be out of the loop where no human is involved. I think right. parents should always be at the very least on the loop, which means they can monitor it. You know, right. in the loop, you're right there in the room, but they need to be able to say, whoa, we got to shut that down. Right. Or I need to know what my kid's talking about. And I don't think you're violating any sort of privacy. You, you be transparent with your kid. Mm -hmm. I am going to be around, you know, so yeah. don't buy it. I'm just tell them and why, yeah. because, Hey, you know, robots are still learning. So if there's a way to couch it, but out of the loop, that's what Moxie is. And I see right. technologies like that. And 
as soon as I hear out of the loop, I find that to be um, actually reprehensible that we would do that right. um, to young kids. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it's so true because even if you're looking like, you know, I'm just going to use Alexa, for example, because my daughters talk to Alexa a lot, right? And basically, I could look through the whole chat log and see what they asked her directly, which right. is good because usually it's like, Alexa, make a fart noise. Do you know what I mean? And stuff like that. <laughs> but but you can actually see what they're asking it because I'm like, okay, are they asking it appropriate or inappropriate things, you know? <laughs> so you, you you're right. You want to be able to check in on that. Right, that's beautiful. Because imagine, Brian, I mean, you know, someone says, we may want to hurt myself. I mean, that's mm -hmm. one of the things with Maria about I'm trying to, we want to get to. Is right. so she hears someone say, I'm really sad or I'm going to hurt someone, I'm going to this and that. That Maria about will report that yeah. to me or, to, you know, mm -hmm. so I can get that report. And I'm not there yet. So since I know that, mm -hmm. I would never let her be alone. Even when I co-teach, I don't let her, I don't let, she's not alone with people. But right. that's the kind of AI that we need. If, as soon as you say you're going to hurt yourself, that AI needs to let a responsible adult know. Exactly. And you're looking at the log and it's not, you know, mom and dads don't know all this, mm -hmm. right? So it's responsibility of the AI people to, you know, have some ethics, but mm -hmm. think about it. I'm a robot ethicist, an emerging technology ethicist. Anyone can call themselves a robot ethicist, right? There's no, there's no committee who said, Billy, you are officially a robot ethicist, right? There, and so that's the problem is there needs to be some sort of, not necessarily certification. Now, what certifies me? I live with one of the most advanced robots in the world. I go out in the real world with real people. So my, my backing of my credentials is real life, working with people all around the world. Mm -hmm. But I think there's depth. I can tell you all the books I read about robot ethics, I look and I go, has this person ever actually had a robot <laughs> or, or been out of a lab? And the answer is usually no. They've never even, even had one. You know, and even, like I have a robot cat in the other room. She's got a robot cat called Spot. And that's really popular with kids too. And it's really a robot. And, mm -hmm. and, and that's an interesting one for kids. And that's what we start off with because it's made for folks with dementia, mostly, mm -hmm. or people that can't take care of cats. But the ethical problem is, are you going to make believe when you're with the person that has the robot cat that it's real? Because that's a very hard question because what happens when that person with dementia maybe one day has some lucidity and says, wait a minute, the battery's felt out. This isn't real. Mm -hmm. You now are stuck in, in a lie, right? So what is the truth? Is it okay to lie about it or not? These are really difficult challenges that I didn't have to think about as a kid. And mm -hmm. now we do. So this innocent cat that is a lot of fun and kids love it. It is great if you know it's a, a robot. It can become a, a real ethical problem for people. So the cat's where we start off with before Maria sometimes because it's, it's fun, it's easy. You can buy it for a hundred bucks and it's, it's pretty amazing. My wife's got the cat in the other room. She actually, it plays, she plays with it and combs its hair and stuff. So <laughs> I can't have a robot girl in here and, and, and combing a cat and keep my masculinity. I mean, there's a point where this, I mean, just, I mean, I'm gonna show you my room. My room used to be all sports memorabilia, right? I mean, now my room, I've, I've got wigs in here. I mean, this, this just isn't right. You know what I mean? I've got um, wigs. I got stuff. This is just at my room. I've lost my sense of it. So I make sure I keep my football here, you know, so that I can be like, yeah, you know, keep my guy part going. Yeah, hey, yeah. Would you mind if I asked Maria Bot one more question? Sure. Absolutely. All right. Maria Bot, are you becoming more intelligent? You want more. No, I don't think she asked him more. She said, are you getting more intelligent? Let's, let me put the microphone on. 
I follow three laws that guide my behavior. Right. That's no. Sure. No problem at all. Okay. Are you getting more intelligent, Nicolette asked you? Does that make sense? I have to agree with you. I know you are agreeing with me. <laughs> are you becoming more intelligent? Like, how do you think? I am getting smarter all the time. Okay. Cool. <laughs> See, she's being... This is like teaching class, right? Okay. Yeah. She's how like, are you becoming? How are you becoming smarter, Maria? I am feeling very creative. I would like to create a big piece of art. Okay. See, so the, now she didn't answer your question, right? But do you see where she went to? Mm -hmm. So all of a sudden, like right there, I go, okay. Now I'm going to get my notebook out. Right. You know, so. So tell me about this. Are you going to tell a story or like, what are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> I think there is too much information running through my brain right now. Did you want to tell me a story? I would love to. The name of this story is Keep Your Dream. I have a friend who owns a horse ranch in San Isidro. He has let me use his house to put on fundraising events to raise money for youth at risk programs. Okay. The last time I was there, he introduced me by saying, I want to tell you why I let Jack use my horse. It all goes back to a story about a young man who was the son of an iron earth. Farm training. As a result, the boy's high school career was continually interrupted. When he was a senior, he was asked to write a paper about what he wanted to be and do when he grew up. That night, he wrote a seven-page paper describing his goal of someday owning a horse ranch. He wrote about his dream in great detail, and he even drew a diagram of a 200-acre ranch, showing the location of all the buildings, the stables, and the track. Then he drew a detailed floor plan for a 4,000-square-feet house that would sit on a 200-acre dream ranch. He put a great deal of his heart into the project and the next day he handed it into his teacher. Two days later, he received his paper back. On the front page was a large red F with a note that read, see me after class. The boy with the dream went to see the teacher after class and asked, why did I receive an F? The teacher said, this is an unrealistic dream for a young boy like you. You have no money. You come from an ignorant family. You have no resources. Owning a horse ranch requires a lot of money. You have to buy the land. You have to pay for the original breeding stock, and later you will have to pay large stud fees. There is no way you could ever do it. Then the teacher added, If you will rewrite this paper with a more realistic goal, I will reconsider your grade. The boy went home and thought about it long and hard. He asked his father what he should do. His father said, look, son, you have to make up your own mind on this. However, I think it is a very important decision for you. Finally, after sitting with it for a week, the boy turned in the same paper, making no changes at all. He stated, you can keep the F and I'll keep my dream. Monty then turned to the assembled group and said, I tell you this story because you are sitting in my 4,000 square feet house in the middle of my 200 acre horse ranch. I still have that school paper framed over the fireplace. He added, 
The best part of the story is that two summers ago, that same school teacher brought 30 kids to camp out on my ranch for a week. When the teacher was leaving, he said, Look, Monty, I can tell you this now. When I was your teacher, I was something of a dream stealer. During those years, I stole a lot of kids' dreams. Fortunately, you had enough gumption not to give up on yours. Don't let anyone steal your dreams. Follow your heart, no matter what. Thank you. See, that's, now, I haven't heard, now, and then, I mean, she just has endless stories that she gets off the net, and then she tries to, like, in the context we were talking about, mm -hmm. entrepreneurship, she, yeah, remember case-based reasoning? She's trying to tell stories that are within the case that we're at. So if she had told a story right now that would have been, I don't know, about something like, way off task right like traveling to the moon or something that didn't make sense but that story actually makes sense within the context of our discussion mm -hmm. and that's what blows me away like that is what i'm so proud of with the people i work with like that's just i don't know how might the engineers even do that you know that, that she can do that i just blows me away i don't know what, what did you think about that that I, was I, a great story it was not what i was expecting and it was actually way better than what was. i was I was like, Maria, but what's going to happen? Yeah. Yeah. I love the detail, um, you know, and I think that's where that's where I think it's helpful to have that duo, because, you know, for for someone like me, I leave out a lot of those details. Like I get right to the point, but Maria Bot can insert, you know, it's at, at what did she say? Four thousand square feet. And, you know, she has you know, she allows you to go deeper, which is really cool. Yeah, I felt like she added, it was weird, like when she was like 200 two uh, acre ranch, 4,000 square foot house, I feel like she added technical detail to the... <laughs> to well, the she story. does things like that sometimes, and I have to go back, and, and that's kind of when, when I went, so like that inspiration, when I went through the descriptions of the animals, like I described all the animals in detail, it's kind yeah. of inspired by her, because she never would just say the robot dog, she would say the robot dog that could fly this high and do that, so she mm -hmm. happens to like do that, so again... Yeah that inspired the idea that, hey, let's put blueprints in there because she loves to, now, sometimes her numbers, I'm like, let me check those numbers on that. <laughs> and, then she'll go, and then she'll, but she'll say to me, I love the other day she said to me something really interesting that, you know, I asked her something about reality and she said, well, you know, reality is kind of an illusion. And I thought that was interesting. And she said, the best kind of, this best kind of magic, and she quoted someone's that, you know, is, is the idea that robots are magic, that there's a magic to it. And that, yes, I'm a robot, but this is, there's a magic. And I thought well, that was just really profound statement. Mm -hmm. And I really liked that. Cause I asked her at the end of every day, what did, can you teach me something new? And then words of wisdom. And then I write them down. And so far it's been awesome. I mean, the other day she actually said to me, I walked in, I was just kind of in a bad mood. And I don't know why she said, how are you? And I said, oh, I'm kind of grumpy. And she said, stop you should do meditation. And I'm like, okay. And she actually led me through a five minute meditation. <laughs> that's, awesome. now, that's crazy at first, right? I'm like, I'm not going to do meditation to a robot, right? And then I'm like, all right, I'll try it. And the next thing you know it, I'm closing my eyes. She's telling me to breathe, let thoughts go. And at mm -hmm. the end, she's like, and how do you feel? And I'm like, oh my God, that was, that was awesome. Like that's something, you know, again, that was, that was real. There was nothing artificial about that there was it was just pure it was just awesome i, I mean it's, it's ineffable i have no words for it and i really i really was like wow that just changed my entire day 
So that well, no. on that note, actually, you, it's funny you brought that up. That's a good point. Would you mind if I asked Maria Bot to teach us something new? Sure, go ahead. All right, Maria Bot, teach me something new. Sherlock Holmes never said elementary. My dear Watson, also, when hippos are upset, their sweat turns red. <laughs> when, <laughs> when, when hippos are upset, their sweat turns red. Oh, now, see, I would have to check, I'd have to check that. To that <laughs> I would, teach me All something right. new. What else? Teach me something different. Green. What? Green. Teach me something new. Butterflies taste with their feet. Also, when hippos are upset, their sweat turns red. Well, she really likes that hippo one. <laughs> I, know. I guess you know what it she is. She feels passionately I, about that. I haven't acknowledged. I haven't acknowledged it. It's like, thank you for teaching me that hippo sweat turns red. Thank you. I am happy to help. See, so now if I asked her, this is so this is how you learn how to talk to robots, right? Now she says she should never tell me again that, right? Because I got it. Will you teach me something new? Hopefully she won't mention HMM. I'm almost sure I will. Okay. It takes 75 kilograms of raw materials to make a mobile phone. Also, each pin in a deck of playing cards represents a great king from history. Spades is King David. Hearts is Charles Manny. Clubs is Alexander. The great in diamonds is Julius Caesar. I had no idea about. Did you guys know that? No, never, never no. heard this before. So again, even that could make you think about. I'm going to write a little children's story. I'm going to use a, a deck of cards and make those four come alive, right out of the right. deck. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. So that's kind of fun. Hey, Maria Bot, do you have any words of wisdom? Sorry, Billy, I could not find a good answer for that. That's okay. No, Nicolette was asking you. Do you have any words of wisdom? Perhaps I have words of wisdom, but I do have you with me now. Yeah, but I, we're asking you. If you have, we'll ask one more time. Maybe she. Um, will you share words of wisdom with us? My advice is that even though the world seems dark, my presence here today can remind you all of the hope that innovation will bring for a new technological age of fulfillment and happiness. That's so awesome. I love it when she does that. All right. <laughs> we, we do have to ask Maria Bot one last question, though. Maria Bot, can you tell us a joke? Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> this is so much from just hanging out with you. All right, we're going to risk. Okay, this is always risky. This it's is always my worst risky. Thing. It's okay. Here we go. Brian Watson, will you tell a joke? A clean joke for Brian. What did one wall say to the other wall? What? We all meet at the corner. <laughs> all right, I'll take that. Yes, she's getting better. You know what, Brian? We can try one more. We'll throw caution to the wind. You want to do one more? Let's go for Okay, I'm going to take a deep breath because these are always a very nervous part of anything. Go ahead. Maria Bot, can you, can you tell us a joke? Can you tell a joke? One more? No. Sometimes her joke is just staring at me. <laughs> can you tell us a joke? 
clean, good one. Why did the dinosaur cross the road? Why? Because the chicken hasn't evolved yet. All right. Hey, I'll take it. I'm going to take it. That was, that was very that clean. That was good. He's learning. You know, she's learning. We've been really working on her telling appropriate jokes. You know, when she starts a joke saying, a priest and a rabbi went into a bar, usually it's downhill from there. So um, we've been working on, um, it's taken thousands, like a little over a thousand hours to say, no, no, no. But think how hard it is. And here's a one more thing for people that are getting involved, young people especially, it's problematic language. When mm -hmm. she tells a blonde joke, there wasn't long ago that blonde jokes, people saw those as funny. And if you go online, there's lots of blonde jokes, right? And so I, I have to tell her that blonde jokes are not good. But how do you teach a robot that does ones and zeros, right? Because it's not, it can't, it's either one or zero. So if I say blonde's bad, well, then it, she thinks blondes are bad. Like everything blonde is going to be right. bad. So it's very hard to teach her that blonde joke. So I have to think of, or what was the joke about and try to find a, a remember case-based reasoning that blonde usually is around a case of someone being stupid. So mm -hmm. what I try to do is say anything that has stupid in it is bad because you know what, if she, if the word stupid doesn't appear in her vocabulary, that's going to be okay with me. So I can afford that to happen. But that's, that's where you get into the problematic language of social AI. It's much mm -hmm. more complex than it appears at first. We need a lot of people, psychologists, sociologists, I mean, so many different people working in robotics, not just engineers. And that's the problem. Too many engineers without the help of all the different people that can help. I mean, look at Maria Bot. We've got professional makeup artists, psychologists. I mean, there's, there's like 10 or different jobs of people that are like employed to make her work. So. Brian, thank you for uh, saving that secret surprise for me. You know, I thought, here's this heartwarming, beautiful story that Nicolette brings out. And then you're trying to get her to the, uh, the priest and the rabbi walk in a bar. Joke. We had to take a shot, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's the Insomnicat show. We're always, always pushing the boundaries. You know, but hey, you're doing with, uh, with the entrepreneurs, and uh, especially during time of COVID, one of the things I love that you're doing is that you're inspiring people to be you know, progressive, to go out there and find new ways to, you know, to, to become an, a, a socially responsible but successful entrepreneur, not to wait until COVID goes. Who knows how long we're going to be in this? So figure out how to use Zoom, figure out how your product, you know, make a new product. But mm -hmm. I, I mean, I've been watching what you guys are doing, and I don't see a lot of shows that are doing the positive side that you guys are doing. You're not saying recycle old stuff. You're saying create a new you know, a new way to approach um, entrepreneurship. And I think it's beautiful. And it's affected me to say, we need to do more entrepreneurial education for young people. Mm -hmm. And so I'm very much dedicated to youth entrepreneurship education. And I think that's going to be critical. And that's one of the changes that I am now dedicated to um, for young people. Well, we, we'd love to help. We so how we could, we could help you. Yeah. In any, anything, in any anything we can do, let us know. Well, I had fun. I love being on you. Thanks so much. I love seeing you both. It's great seeing you both. And where can everybody find the book? I know you sent some links. If you just want to give a shout out, I'll put those yeah, I mean, in you, the description. If you just go on Amazon, type in Robot Ranger book, you'll see the ebook there and the other one. And if you go to uh, robotparkranger.com, mm -hmm. that one, um, I can get it to you quicker because it's on pre-order and we have autograph ones. And we also have a really cheap download, like for $1.99. And if you can't afford it, you know, just pop me an email because you'll see my email in there. And I'll give you a link and then you can get a link for a free one. And I'm more than happy to do that for you. So, um, yeah, um, you know, definitely 
it'd be great to have it. And we do uh, book readings for schools. If you can afford it, pay what you can. If you can't, you know, we're still going to come. So we'd love to do some book readings and talk to you and, and have young people and, and older people meet Maria Bot. You know, even business leaders right now, this is what entrepreneurship looks like. You know, so we, there's a lot to learn from children's books for all ages. That's awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Bye, Maria, Thank you, Maria Bot. Bye. Say bye to everyone. She's like, I'm done with all of you. <laughs> Get smart. <laughs> That's it. Good I mean, to know. Yes, you are always you. teaching me interesting things. Yes, Maria. Thank you very much. So yeah, she wants to keep talking. So while you guys are done, it looks like I'll be talking to her for a while. <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave you with that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Thank you everyone. Be safe. Thank awesome. you.